Faith and Family Fellowship Podcast is a Christ-centered podcast. Established in 2019 and hosted weekly by Pastor Chris Busher. Addressing a host of topics such as the Great Commission, Christian discipleship, and often featuring interviews with special guests who are experts in their field. The views and events expressed on this podcast and all related materials belong solely to their author and not necessarily to the author's employer, organization, committee, or other group or individual. While all attempts are made to present accurate information, some information may become outdated over time. Faith and Family Fellowship Podcast makes every attempt to timely update any and all such information. Without further delay, here's another powerful episode of Faith and Family Fellowship Podcast. Welcome back to another episode of Faith and Family Fellowship Podcast. Once again, I'm your host here, Dallas Montague. Today, we have another amazing guest joining us, E. Samara, and you're calling us all the way from Long Island, New York. Is that right? Yes. All right. And so you have recently released a book called You Don't Need God to Send You a Husband, You Need God to Send You Yourself. And so as we were discussing here, this is a little bit of a controversial title, but you have a lot to share today on this topic particular. And I just want to start by getting to know you a little bit more. So just tell us about your testimony, how you met God, how this changed your life. Then we'll dive into the book a little bit deeper. Um. So my testimony is extensive. I, I feel like I've always known God. Um, I've always been a believer. I've always known that God is real. I was brought up in a religious household, Southern Baptist background, as well as uh, my mother sending me to parochial school. I went to Catholic school from pre-K all the way until fifth grade, middle school. Um, so that definitely set as the, that was definitely a laid foundation for me. Um, to begin my spiritual journey later on. So I feel like I've always known God. God has been with me through a lot of stuff. I I don't believe there's ever been a time where we we all doubt God, I believe at some point or another, but I, there's never been a time that I didn't think he was real, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. So I've known him for all my life, I'd like to say, but just like any other relationship, your relationship with God has to grow. So I think in the past couple of years, I've been reintroduced to God in a different way because he's been nudging me to get to know him more. And, you know, you think you have, you think because you talk to him every day, you pray, you believe in him, that's enough to sustain your relationship. I believe in you, God, you know what I mean? So that, so what do you, so I definitely think within the last couple of years, I've been reestablishing or nudged to reestablish reestablish my relationship with God and more so recently within the past few months. Mm-hmm. And what was the last part of your question? Yeah. And how it, ch- it changed your life being a Christian. So you said you kind of grew up with the the faith or the familiarity, the familiarity of God. So what was that like growing up? Um, I would say growing up, my family, again, Southern Baptist household, my mother, my grandmother, my great-grandmother, every Sunday we would go to church. My grandmother was always talking about the Lord. My aunts, I have aunts who, you know, just God is all, was always being brought up in my household growing up. And my grandmother, she's especially religious. She taught me the 23rd Psalms. Mm-hmm. She had me, so that's why I know it. 
to this very day. And it's my favorite Psalm, actually. She had me repeat after her one day, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. You know, um, he maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. Um, he leadeth me in the pastures of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. And, you know, the list, the, the Psalm goes on. And I say all that to say, it was important looking back on it it was very important it was a very important foundation that was laid for me very important that specifically naming my grandmother it was very important to have her there to to teach me and to talk about God so you which you grow up around you take in so I didn't think anything of it I just thought this is this is what it is Mm-hmm. And looking back on it, I'm very appreciative. Um, you know, as a kid waking up early in the morning for church, it's not fun, but, you know, <laughs> I appreciate yeah. it in retrospect. So, I, of course, you know, when you ask what was it like, I would say it was regular stuff for me, for lack of better words. But, of course, not wanting to wake up in the morning to go to church as a child and not feel like doing this or that and not feel mm-hmm. like being bothered with the talk about God or whatever. You just want to watch your cartoon, stuff like that. But I think it was, it was a regular thing for me. It's, it's normal. I grew up, I was born in God. I grew up in God, but when God wants to do more with you, there's more that's required. Yeah. Especially- I like what you said. You really pointed out that God has more for us. No matter how long we've been walking with God, there's still more, more revelation, yeah. more understanding, more challenges, more discipline, more pruning, lots of things. For God, yes. as we continue in our relationship with him, just as any relationship that we have in our life with friends or family, there's always more to happen, more learning, more grace, all these things. And so thank you for sharing a little bit about your story. Now let's talk about the book. So what inspired you to write this book? Is this your first project that you've written? Good question, Dallas. Um, thank you for asking. So this is not my very first project, but I would say it's the first project through which uh, I'm really, this is a special, this is a special project for me. Um, if you, you know, I have things, written pieces on the interwebs, the mm-hmm. ether sphere, if that makes sense. <laughs> so this is my very first project. This isn't even my very first book, but um, I just, a couple of months ago, or well, back in August, so it was more than a couple of months ago, I got terminated from a previous job that I had. And I think a day or two after that, my minister friend texted me. This kind of speaks to what I was saying earlier about within the last couple of years, the Lord has been prompting me to get to know him more. Um, and I think after that happened um, with the termination and everything and this uh, message that I'm going to share with you from my minister friend, that's when I started to really listen mm-hmm. because a friend of mine, uh, an acquaintance, he actually sent me a message. I want to see a couple of th- these. Okay. These um, events all happened within a, a short amount of time of each other. One friend of mine sent me a message saying, hold on longer, your blessings on the way. I'm paraphrasing. But but then like a day or two after I got terminated, my minister friend sent me a message and I'm just paraphrasing the message, but like it was saying, get to know me. He was That was basically a message from the Lord that he was relating to me. God has used people as vessels to speak to me. Mm-hmm. 
within the last couple of years and within the last couple of months alone. And it's been amazing to me because he sees me. But with that message, and I do speak about it in the book, um, my minister friend texted me a message from the Lord saying, like, get to know me and see that I have your best interest at heart. I want to heal. Let me heal the pain from the past. And I got really annoyed, really annoyed with God. I was like, what? What do you want me to do? What? Like, what do you want? What do you want me to do? I thought I, I was doing that. I thought that I knew you already. I thought, you know, I, I make it a point to make you a part of my daily life. I, mm-hmm. you know, I say my prayers when I get up in the morning. I thank you for everything I have. I talk to you. I converse with you every day. I converse with you while, while I'm driving. I, I believe in you. And, I, you know, I've always known you all my life. So what is it? Like, what do you want to me to do? So I thought to myself, which I'm quite sure that was a that was a thought bubble from God, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but let me start taking these steps to, let me start taking baby steps. He wants me to get to know him. What is it that I'm not doing? What is it that I'm not, you know, that I could do more of? You know, my prayer life, I could stand to be more consistent with my prayers. Okay, let, let me take baby steps. Let me add five extra minutes or let me do a five minute prayer every single day. Consistency, you know, and so that's part of the inspiration from the book. And then not that long after that, um, not that long at all, maybe like a couple of a few days, I um, came across this YouTube channel called Anointed Fire and I call her prophetess. I actually mentioned her in the book as well. The Lord led me to her videos. And I'll just make a long story short. That night I was scrolling and I came across one of her videos, which honestly I thought was clickbait, but the Lord led me to her her video, that specific video. Um, and I, I have to, word, I want to word this right, but after coming across that video, it's like sh- through her videos alone, I have gotten to know the Lord so much more mm-hmm. in such a short amount of time. And one of the things that she, one of the many, the many things that she talks about when it comes to increasing your intimacy levels with the Lord is letting him use you, you know, um, letting him use you being obedient. One of the, the points that she made in the video that I came across was, um, this was like a message from God for, for more specifically for single women. And one of the points that she made, you know, being used as a vessel, of uh, a voice of the Lord, right? That was what the Lord was saying through her. Your delay is a product of your fear and your disobedience. And one of the things, and she elaborated on that point, right? And she made very good points. Um, so she was saying, you know, write the book, write this, do this, write that book, start that business. One of the many things she talks about, you haven't, the Lord wants you to write a book, but you haven't written it yet. You know, you're, you're scared because of this, that, and the third and, 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 she and on a, a lot all of, a lot of her videos she mentions her mentorship program which I am now a part of but she mentions how she she holds the ladies accountable in the group for writing she in a way for lack of a better word she makes them write their books and before I even started her mentorship program I drew inspiration from her words from her points from her testimony her testimony from her story from from 
just her, her words, her words are piercing like a two-edged sword. Mm -hmm. And I mentioned that in the book too, because God's words pierce like a two-edged sword, right? So she's speaking the word of the Lord. And so I drew a lot of inspiration from her and from the people that God had around me at that time to minister to me who were aligned with their purpose and their passions. I drew inspiration from that. I fed off that. And then one day I suddenly got like a little, just a sudden spark of inspiration, um, I was just thinking, you know, I, I have a pretty animated personality. So I just suddenly heard myself admonishing a friend, like we're sitting here talking, we're sitting on the couch and my friend's going on and on and on about, I can't seem to find a, a good man. I need a husband. Mm -hmm. I need this. I need that. I want a husband. These men, these men, these men. And then I finally snap on her and I go, you don't need God to send you a husband. You need God to send you yourself. Mm -hmm. And then I started. The book was born. <laughs> the book was born. <laughs> it, it, it was the book was born from that little, from that spark, from that idea. Mm -hmm. I just you have to be happy and whole in your relationship with the Lord first, because mm -hmm. He created you. You can never truly. You have to love yourself, love the Lord, because in practicing doing those things, and it's a never-ending practice. You can't fully love someone, including a husband, if you don't love yourself and God first. You're listening to the Faith and Family Fellowship Podcast. We'll be right back after this quick word from our sponsors. Experience the magic of a sunny Christmas with Joseph Simmons Jr.'s heartwarming holiday anthem. This multilingual masterpiece celebrating love and joy is available in English, French, Mandarin, Hindi, Portuguese, Spanish, Japanese, and many more. Don't miss out on the global celebration. Listen to the full song by searching Thanking of a Sunny Christmas on YouTube today. Embark on a riveting journey with Megaquake 2024, a chilling fusion of seismic science, biblical prophecies, and historical threads. Brace yourself for the imminent Megaquake, decoding the science and aligning with historical events. Seize your copy on Amazon now. Prepare for the unknown. And a little bit about this as well. What do you think is the the main thing that's stopping us from loving ourselves, accepting ourselves, who God created us to be? I know identity is so important in that aspect. Mm, very good question, Dallas. Um, so, what do I think is what do I think is stopping us from? You ask mm -hmm. from, from understanding our true identity in Christ, right? Because we're trying to find it in other things. If it's if it's relationships, if it's you know drugs and alcohol, yeah. whatever it is out there today. You know, ultimately, if we have our identity set in Christ first, yes. uh, what do you think is stopping us? That's a good question. Ooh, uh, <laughs> I think mm, that's a really good question. What's stopping us? Being, being, staying complacent. Mm -hmm. um, the Bible does say to be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. I'm not a scripture professional. I don't know all the scriptures. Let's put that out there, but I do know that one. Mm -hmm. um, by not being intentional about your growth and asking questions, questioning what it is that you've learned. We've been, you know, the winter, once you have someone's mind, you have them. And this society has definitely conditioned all of us to think and believe a certain way, move a certain way. Mm -hmm. And if you 
stay complacent in that. And and a lot of people, it is, and this is a very complex thing to explain for me because I feel that there's a lot of things that's stopping us, obviously. Um, there's a lot of things stopping us inwardly, but a lot of us don't even realize it. The Bible does say my people perish for a lack of knowledge, doesn't it? Right. So a lot of us don't know. We don't we don't know. A lot of us don't even know that we don't know our true identity. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's so true. You got to start with not yeah. knowing that you don't know, right? I mean, you, you, know, start you don't there. know. So yeah. I think it, it, and that's why I'm a huge, this sounds so cliche, but I'm a huge proponent on taking baby steps. Mm-hmm. And I mentioned that in the book as well. I'm a huge proponent on taking baby steps, ask questions. You know, I was always taught by the older generation, you don't question God, but in, for me personally, asking God questions has gotten me answers. He's a big <laughs> God. I bet he can handle our questions. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, answering God has gotten me answers. And if he's not, if it's not his time to answer your question, he's just not going to answer it. And you're going to fly that out. So question yourself, ask questions. Um, People don't know what they don't know. They're blind and they don't know it. Um, So, and they, and comfort, comfort is a factor. A lot of us are comfortable in where we are. Um, We're not putting forth the conscientious effort to open up our minds and fear, there's several different factors, Dallas, mm-hmm. as to why we don't know our yeah. true identity. Some of the things that you discuss here, some practical things that we can do, daily prayer, seek spiritual counseling, attending church. What else can you say about these aspects to daily build this routine that you're talking about? To daily. So like I mentioned before, little by little, mm-hmm. little by little, add And one of the examples that I use in the book is how I've lost a lot of weight and I've been maintaining pretty, for the most part, good for about nearly five years. And I've been working out for nearly five years consistently. I've been, that's been part of my lifestyle. And the way that I was able to build that up is by the cliche stuff, Mm -hmm. little baby steps. You know, we don't want to hear it, but it, my personal testimony with that part is um, whenever I did go all into the gym all at once, I would burn out quick and then stop going for yeah. the rest of the time, just period. So in 2019, I decided to myself, okay, I'm going to just do 10 minutes every day on the elliptical. 10 minutes every day on the elliptical. And that's exactly what I did. I got off from work, changed my clothes, got into my gym clothes. I got to, I went to the gym, got on the elliptical for 10 minutes, got off and left every day until I started building that. You have to build momentum. You know what I mean? So um, whenever I will go 30 seconds over a minute over that would, that's a, that is a mind hack. Mm-hmm. It made me feel motivated to do more. And honestly, I, you had, you do have to give yourself a level of grace to this very day, even though I've been working out and I just started kickboxing classes, by the way, even though I've been working out (laughs) for a few years now consistently, my goal is still always 10 minutes. That goal has never changed. It's still 10 minutes to this very day. Mm -hmm. And I've seen such wonderful, wonderful results from it. And I feel very accomplished. So yeah, saying, start by saying a five minute prayer. Um, start by 
going to church once a month, going to the 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 church building because a lot of us are comfortable with the online sermons. I I know I am, but little baby steps start start by going to church one Sunday out of the month. Pray on it. Um, I know a lot of us have dealt with church hurt, you know, judgmental people in the church and everything like that. But definitely pray because that's not that's not what going to church is all about. That's not what the Lord wants out of the church. She doesn't want right. us to feel judged and condemned for, by people. I, I mentioned that in the book too. There was a time where I couldn't stand it. I couldn't stand going to church because of the religious folks that would turn their noses up at me because I missed mm -hmm. a month's worth of Sundays, three months worth of Sundays. They would, that type of stuff. I completely understand. I completely understand. So just, I would recommend, of course, doing your research and prayer, finding out more about the, the, the church that you are thinking about attending. Mm -hmm. Um, and just start by doing one Sunday a month. Yeah. You also consider yourself a student and a teacher. And so what is the, the key of being, of remaining teachable as well, as we continue on this life in this journey? Well, what is the key to remaining teachable? Hmm. You have to keep an open mind. In my opinion, you have to keep an open mind to different perspectives I personally think of myself as a pretty coachable person, pretty teachable person, because I'm very, I'm a very open-minded person. I've always, I love information. I love listening to different people on YouTube, different um, speakers, different commentary from multitude of people and in many different directions, because I like to get different perspectives on things. And you have to understand also even though you might not agree, that doesn't necessarily mean that you can't learn something from somebody. You know what I mean? So being a student and a teacher, it's it's kind of like Tarzan. You Did you like Tarzan yeah. as a kid? Classic. Remember the Colin song, Son of Man, mm -hmm. when Tarzan was really getting his legs and everything um, in his environment and really learning how to be a gorilla? Mm -hmm. <laughs> There's a segment where the, that song plays. Where he's while he's growing and in, in his to his role as Tarzan, right? As he's growing in the cultures and tradition of his family at that, you know, his gorilla family. Mm -hmm. One of the, the lines of the song is in learning you will teach and in teaching you will learn. I stand by that because it is yeah. so, so true. It's such a powerful uh line to sing, actually. Um, because it's true. You you feed off of each other. You feed each other just because let's let's say I'm a school teacher and I'm teaching fifth grade science. I'm not going to close myself off to the views of my students, number one, because they're kids. Mm -hmm. I, <laughs> kids are very intelligent. Um, you know, they're le they're learning from me. They're learning the subject from me. But through conversation, I people have different experiences in life. And a lot of people, regardless of age, there are people who are younger than me who have lived way more life than I have. So you have to be open. Don't be mm -hmm. prideful. Pride, yeah, pride. I, I think, think you're right. The moment we think that I've learned everything I need to learn or I've got this figured out, I think you're you're on a difficult road here. You're headed in a bad direction if you think that you've already learned everything that needs to be learned, right? And that's why, Dallas, I don't believe in that when people say stuck in your ways. Mm -hmm. You know, you have people of a certain age. Not all, obviously. We have to throw those disclaimers out there. <laughs> but there's some people of a certain age. Once they get past a certain age, it's like, I'm stuck in my ways. I don't like, I don't believe in that, personally. Mm -hmm. I, I hope to never be stuck in my ways because you don't grow that way. Mm 
-hmm. once you're stuck, you're, I had a wise man tell me um, years ago, if you're not learning, this was years ago, this was actually at a workshop I was doing for voiceover, I believe, um, at UNO in New Orleans, actually. Mm -hmm. Once the workshop was over, we were conversing. I don't remember the whole conversation, but it was a really good conversation. And one of the, the many things he said was, if you're not learning, you're dying. So <laughs> yeah. that, let that marinate a little bit. Please continue. My my apologies. Oh, it's okay. Um, so yeah, no, let that marinate for a second. If you're not learning, yeah. you're dying. Mm -hmm. And this was a, a, a middle-aged man who told me this. Because you want continuous life is a journey. Mm -hmm. It's a what a marathon, not a sprint. Yeah, yeah. and it's, it's again go back going back to the cliches. We don't like the cliches because they're annoying, but it, they are true. It's it's very true. You you as long as you have breath in your body, it's an opportunity to live, mm -hmm. learn, and grow. You gotta you have to grow. If you're stuck in your ways, you're stuck. Yeah. There's no forward progression, in my opinion. You, you there's always room for improvement. No matter how old you are. Something else you discuss here in your book, you touch on the practice of giving back to God. What is this? What is the significance of this? What is how is this beneficial in our life? So, yes. So one of the things that I've been practicing, because again, my the point or one of the, the points of my book is practice. This is literally even to this very moment as I'm speaking with you, I'm practicing. So one of the things that I've been practicing is giving conscientiously giving and intentionally giving 10% to God, um, 10% specifically, because I was, you know, growing up, I heard tithe 10% give God the, the first fruits and everything like that. Um, how important it is because God has blessed us with all that we have. So it is important to give back to him, um, to show him that we love him and, you know, to thank him for all he's done. Yes, that is definitely true. But for me personally, being more intentional about sowing the seed and where I sow the seed, I, I did mention in the book that I spoke, I was consulting with my minister and I said, I, I do want to intentionally because you, you reap what you sow, so shall you reap, you reap you. And when you give to God, he does give it back to you. He really, he gives it back to you in such an abundant way. You know, and so with that being my and with that being in mind, I decided that because I'll say it like this: giving, whether it's ten percent or more, it's a channel to receive God's blessings. But because, but you also have to have pure motives. I told my minister, I said, I don't want to start doing this just so I can be like, look at me. Yeah. <laughs> Give me God, look, look at what I'm doing. I'm, I'm giving money. You know, I'm, I'm giving 10%. I'm actually doing this now. You know what I mean? Um, I wanted to have pure motives and to really truly be intentional because I understood the importance of giving 10%. My thing is this. Mm -hmm. I do believe that the Lord deserves the first fruits of your harvest. But tithing and tithing, giving 10%, um, sowing seeds, whatever you want to call it, just giving back to the Lord, period, right, has taught me how to, it's a form of learning how to trust him. 
Mm-hmm. It's taught me how to, it, 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 I'm not even going to say it's taught me, it is currently teaching me to trust him. And in a way, giving back to God, conscientiously, intentionally practicing this specific thing has been teaching me how to forgive and letting go. Wow. How amazing that those two things are connected, right? It doesn't seem like they would be, but they are. In the kingdom, these things are connected, right? These things are connected. These things are are connected. And a lot of us, especially in today's society with the economy, this, that, and the third going on, specifically when it comes to money, a lot of us are very um, anxious about money. I'll say it like that. And we want to hold on tight to what we have. We want to hold on tight to our money for this, for whatever reason. Um, that's a that's a um, an area of anxiety for a lot of people. Um, as I mean, even I still deal with that too. I'm not going to sit here and act like I don't, but I can definitely share that I have seen the benefits of making that a practice with and. I, I don't want people to feel like they have to be perfect in doing these things. That's why I go on to mention the book, start with 5%, but you have to give it from your heart. Mm-hmm. You can, God loves a cheerful giver. You can give a million percent. And if your heart is not in it, <laughs> yep. it's not going to matter to God. You, so that's what I'm saying. I don't want people to feel like all these rules, this stiff neck stuff. It's because it's really not that. I'm discovering that and I'm learning that more and more. Start with 5%, mm-hmm. but your heart has to be in it. Con- practice sowing a seed of 5% in the, the right um, soil. Because that was another thing too. I wanted to to sow the right seed in the right soil. I didn't want to just, you know, because I mean, when you think about it, this might sound a little weird to some people, but God is a businessman. God is a businessman, you know, he, he's very strategic and very thoughtful about his investments. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? So he's not, he doesn't just invest in just anything. He doesn't give you just anything. Like he's not a haphazard God. He don't, he doesn't, he doesn't operate that way. So with that, I wanted to be intentional about, because you, know, you can sow the wrong, you can sow your seed in the wrong soil. There is mm-hmm. a such thing as that. So yeah. you kind of want to be that was that you just out of sheer out of sheer motives of look at me, God. I could end up se- sowing a seed in the wrong soil. You know what I mean? Am I making sense, Dallas? You know. So I think when you're intentional and you pray about it. Um when you consult about it with the right counselors, I should say, and you start practicing it and you're intentionally sowing the seed in the right grounds, it's, it's, you realize it's more than just giving, it's more than just giving God money or whatever. It could be time, anything is more than just giving this something back to God. It really, it does something for you and it does something to you. I'm not trying to sound mystical or anything like that, but personally speaking, I have learned a measure of forgiveness through that letting go it teaches you how to let go i think it is definitely for the people who read the book it'll definitely benefit it'll definitely be beneficial for them to start that practice 
because I've been provided for in such a, a wonderful way within yeah. these last few months, especially when I was unemployed. And yeah. this is really the fruit that I have bared from that. So yeah. God has really provided for me. Uh, he really provided for me during that that time. So we talked about so many amazing things today about your book, about a little bit to know you a little bit better as well. So what do you think would be your number one encouragement for all of our listeners today to buy this book and to read it? How can this impact our life? Because I do feel like they'll re- the people who read the book women and men, because again, I encourage men to read the book. It's not just for women. It's a, there's a, a certain level of focus on women, but men, I, I encourage men to read it as well. We also need to so, find our identity. I mean, come on. Right. Ex- exactly. You, exactly. <laughs> so um, I feel like the benefit that the reader will have is probably more than anything realizing, okay, mm-hmm. this is not some stiff neck, you know, strict, mm-hmm. um, you know what I'm, I don't know if I'm making sense here, Dallas, please tell me if I'm not making sense, but no, you, I think you're, you're taking away from the point that it's not just about religion. It's about relationship. We don't just yeah. need to follow the rules. We have to have a relationship with God because we could do all the things we could meet all the rules, do all that. But then he could still say, I never knew you that rough scripture that we have. Right. So we need the relationship as well. The rules mm-hmm. are important. They're there to guide us, to keep us, you know, within the path, right? The tithing, yeah. all those other things that are kind of controversial in the world today. People don't like to follow all the rules, but the relationship gets us there. It gives us the right yeah. heart to do the right thing, to follow those rules. And for me, my same for me, when I was learning to become a believer, my parents were teaching me about the faith. I was like, this is just a list of do's and don'ts. Yeah, It's more fun to do the don'ts. You know, and then I had a change of heart and God changed my life after addiction to drugs and alcohol. I was a little stubborn. It took me a while, but God changed my heart. He changed my path. And now I understand, wow, my parents were showing me love. The God, the God that I serve today, he was doing all those things out of love. He gave his son out of love. I don't deserve it, but through the mercy of God, here we are. Right. So I think you made a lot of great points about that today. And to piggyback off of what you said, Dallas, just now, really, God has been with you the whole time. And, mm-hmm. you know, when people say God is with you, Lord is with you, it's like, oh, mm-hmm. we look at it from such a um, uh, a superficial surface level standpoint, I guess. Mm-hmm. But when you really dig deep into my personal story, even mm-hmm. till recently, again, even until last Sunday, a couple Sundays ago, whatever, God has been talking to me. And the biggest thing for me is that he sees me. Yeah. He really sees me. That's the thing that's really been like mind boggling for me. Like, I, this is amazing. This is that one point alone. Blessings and everything. It's wonderful. I want God's blessings, of course. But just that one thing is a big deal for me. Mm-hmm. He sees me. And that is a reminder that he is real. Yeah. He's, he, he's, he's been talking to me and communicating me communicating with me in such a way and again for me yeah. he uses people as vessels to talk to me he sees me and i think that the big takeaway the big blessing that the reader will get from this book is that they'll realize god sees you too mm-hmm. it's not all you think it is um like they'll i feel like 
there will be a sense of relief, like, oh, wait a minute. Okay. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, it's not for sure. You know, and I want to go back to what you said earlier in the podcast, that asking those questions to God that are not cliche, because the when I asked God, I went through so many things in my life. God, where were you? Do you know what mm -hmm. he did? He showed me. I was never mm -hmm. alone. He never left me on my own. All these horrible things happened. Some of them my causing. Some of them is just life. But he never left me, just like you said. And so we can't be afraid to ask God those big questions. God, where were you when this happened? I felt like I was alone and he'll come for you. He'll show you, no, you were not alone. I was here the whole time. And so absolutely, thank you for highlighting that as well. Yes. And you know what? Another thing too, kind of to piggyback off of what you just said, um, God, you said, ask God the questions, but also share what you mm -hmm. don't want to share. Mm -hmm. I'm learning how to do that. That is not easy. <laughs> It's not easy yeah. to share uncomfortable things with God because you think of this almighty, oh, like, oh God, I, I don't, I don't want to trust me. It, that That's not because there's just certain things you don't share with God. You know what I mean? But I'm learning more and more. He, he wants you to be honest with them. Talk to him as if yeah. he's a, he's a, he's the supreme being. But I feel like if you talk to him and treat him as if he were a flesh and blood person mm -hmm. in front of you. You know, he's spirit. But if you treat it, if you think of him like a flesh and blood person in front of you, I think that will bring a sense of, I like to, I, I say it like this, Mentor Tiffany for me, for me personally, um, in her videos, part of the reason why her videos are so striking and so powerful and have been so powerful and been such a powerful tool for me as it relates to getting to know the Lord more and deeper and such a short amount of time is because she gives you the real raw things of God. And in a way, if this makes sense, she humanizes him. Yeah. One of the things that she said in one of her videos, and I wrote this down was that um, a lot of what people do to you is what you've been doing to God. You do, you feel rejection and so on and so forth. Well, more than likely it's because you, you know, you've been doing that to God too. And yeah. one of the things that that, that really hit me is that God feels our rejection. And I thought about, I was like, oh, wow. God feels our rejection too. Mm -hmm. God has feelings too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we see this all throughout the Old Testament. As Israel was obeying and disobeying, it affected yes. the heart of God, right? And, and even though I he heard... is omnipresent, omnipotent, as you're saying, he is this wonderful, powerful God. And we're so small, but he still gives us direct access to his heart. Right. I mean, how incredible is that? That's the thing, you know, and I, I realized that too. When we think of God, we think of he's powerful. <laughs> mm -hmm. You know, he got it. Like he's powerful. He's all knowing, all powerful anyway. Like, but we don't, <laughs> we don't really, in my opinion, I realize we don't really think about because we, he's supernatural. He's superhuman. He's the creator of heaven and earth. But we don't, with that, it's like there's, um, how do I put there's this level of um because he's got it all in the bag, right? So to speak. We don't really think about God as this being with feelings. You know? Mm -hmm. I <laughs> I real when she said that, I realized, oh wow. So I think that's part of that was definitely part of my inspiration for this book, kind of furthering her 
quote unquote humanization of God, so to speak. So it, it kind of takes pressure off because again, we're, we, we were, a lot of us were brought up with this religious outlook on things to where don't do this, don't do that. Or you're going to hell. But I think God, God has been given a bad rap in that you don't, the goal is to win souls, but you don't win souls by barking at people because we are all imperfect and we've all done stuff. Mm-hmm. So if you know what I mean, God is his yoke is easy and his burden is light. Like yep. it's not all that extra stuff. Right. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I, I think, do. you know, I, I feel like, well, again, one of the benefits that people will get from the book is realizing that like, there's like just this lift of pressure off their shoulders. Like, okay, yeah, I can take the because God wants to see genuine effort mm-hmm. and consistency. Like any other relationship, there has to be a level of effort and consistency on both ends. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think taking these steps, it if you ever heard of the book called The Compound Effect, I, I listened to the audiobook version quite a, mm-hmm. a long no, time. I don't ago. think so. Mm-mm. The compound effect basically it t- it talks about that taking how taking little steps over time it accumulates it compounds into something bigger and major. It, again, it sounds cliche going back to that, but it's very true. Taking small, consistent steps, adding on layer by layer. You know, okay, God, I, I want to do more of this. Pray about it. Talk to Him. Converse about it open your heart, do the hard things, do the difficult things, have the difficult conversations with God because he already knows, but he can't fix what we don't reveal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I want to thank you so much for everything that you brought today for our audience to digest, to think about. We can listen again and again and again to this episode to get the things out of it that we've discussed. we discussed various things. So thank you so much for your time today. One more thing for our audience. This book is available on Amazon. There's a link in the description. They can find that by also searching your name, E. Samara, as well on Amazon. And if you can end our time with our audience with a prayer, that would be excellent. Absolutely. Heavenly Father, we come to you thanking you for allowing us to have breath in our body and air in our lungs. This day, we we thank you for the unity that you have brought to us this day. We thank you for Dallas and his podcast. We thank you for allowing this to be such a great conversation full of revelation and information. I ask that you bless Dallas, his loved ones, his family, his friends, his peers, um, his peers. I ask that you bless the listeners, um, bless all everyone's loved ones, families, friends, let them realize who they are in you, Heavenly Father. Heavenly Father, help the readers and the listeners realize that your yoke is easy and your burden is light and that all you want is an intimate relationship with them and for them to open up their hearts to you. Heavenly Father, we thank you for who you are to be here on this podcast with Dallas, such an amazing host. And I ask that you bless and prosper all of his endeavors. And I ask that you bless and prosper all of the endeavors of the listeners, Mm -hmm. purify their motives and let their desires Align with your will for their lives. Show yourselves to them, Abba. Show yourselves to show, show show yourself to them. Reveal yourself to them, and touch their hearts, and open their minds, and reveal 
that you are being with feelings mm-hmm. and that it's not as as stiff necked and upper lip stiff neck stiff neck and strict as people make it seem to be in Jesus Christ Yeshua's name I pray and I ask and I believe all these things amen amen you've just listened to the faith and family fellowship podcast with your host, Pastor Chris Busher. Faith and Family Fellowship Podcast was recorded live in studio with final editing made before uploading. Subscribe today to Faith and Family Fellowship Podcast on iTunes or Google Play. For more fantastic daily content, visit Pastor Chris Busher online via Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram. Don't miss the next episode on Faith and Family Fellowship Podcast.